What's going on, children of the corn? Zach here. I'm doing our weekly read for Manscaped. Um, fabulous company. Uh, fabulous products from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver to... Those are the main things I've used. Um, the Lawnmower 4.0, absolutely fabulous. Water proof i believe as well so um definitely get yourself one uh the performance package 4.0 is what they sent over to us so um highly 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 recommended also if you use our promo code corn church you get 20 percent off as well as expedited shipping as well i think i got mine in like two days so um absolutely phenomenal plus if you get the performance package you also get a pretty badass travel bag as well as a set of boxers and i think a t-shirt as well so um highly 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 recommend them um once again 20 percent off as well as expedited shipping if you use our promo code corn church so ladies and gentlemen be sure to take advantage of it and uh enjoy the show have a good one everybody a word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Seger Designs makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, it is Wednesday. We got an emergency podcast here. Um, Nebraska plays on Saturday. It's game week. 
and uh, we haven't done a fucking one for Nebraska yet. So here we go. I'm not feeling the enthusiasm from you tonight, Zachary. I'm confused on how to do the uh, introduction. So, all right, well, let's just dive into it. Ditz is running late. We're going to start with Adam. Sorry, Ditz. Um, let's get Ditz, after it. Zach, uh, what, what do you expect to see Saturday? Actually, Ooh. you know what? Hold on. Let's start. Let's start with what, what Eric tweeted into us. Let me find it. Fuck. My, my Twitter has been going crazy for like the last hour because I'm an Snaps idiot. when you're a celebrity. Well, no, I'm an idiot and just created like 12 different conversations because I'm so excited for the game Saturday. You shouldn't have done that. He jetted no. the boy. No, I shouldn't. Okay, so Eric, gosh. Dude, it it's gotten to the point where now my mentions aren't aren't even showing up anymore. Yeah, it's chaos. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, you're used you're more used to this than I am. Uh, Embrace the chaos. Okay, so Something along the lines of prediction for the game. Which group do you expect to shine and who's going to come back feeling, leaving us feeling a little bit worried? So we want to do prediction right off the bat. Okay. Um, I think it's going to look different than last year obviously, um, as that game was an abnormality in the series between these two teams. Um, I do think it's going to be a three to four touchdown victory for Nebraska. I was going to go with 42 to 14 on Saturday um, with a little bit of a caveat that Nebraska does struggle a little bit in the first quarter you know, getting the footing underneath them as the game goes on. I do think they kind of get the composure and they look like the offense that we'll start to see. So, yeah. So my, my start to the game is two two different scenarios. I think if Nebraska gets the ball first, I think our first series, we, we march down the field and score and defense just picks up right there. I think the offense does stutter um, the rest of the quarter, but I think, you know, Scott so, when, real, when, real quick though, I, 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 I want to put up something to that because I, I've thought this through uh, a couple of times. What do you see as a Husker fan? If they do struggle in that first series, does that give you cause for concern? No, it doesn't. Um, Three and out doesn't cause for concern. No, no, it doesn't. Okay. What, I guess there's a caveat to that. To me, the cause for concern is how it looks. I mean, if you're if you're calling good plays and and it's a drop pass on third down, that's totally different than, you know, two false starts in a row like we had at Oklahoma last year. So if we look jumbled and out of sorts, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit concerned because um, this is a big game. And I fully expect them in a true Scott Frost mentality 
to to have this first series scripted. I, I expect them to have ten to fifteen plays scripted. Yeah, uh, I mean that that's that's kind of your norm to have your first fifteen um, built in, and I think we should be seeing some pet plays of this offense in that first right. fifteen plays. Um, we're going to see what this offense is going to be pretty much built on. I think. Absolutely. Now, what I will say is if if Northwestern gets the ball first, I also expect them to put together a good drive. I don't know if I expect them to score, but I expect them to put together a good drive. They're coming into this season with a lot of bad blood, but specifically to Nebraska. Nebraska was three and nine and beat the beat the brakes off them last year. So I expect them to come in with a little bit of bad blood, and I expect their first drive to to be a decent drive. I don't know that it scores, but I, so, I expect a couple of first downs out of it. So with that being said, and I don't know if you've thought this deeply into it, um, some of us have nothing but time on our hands. Um, with them moving the ball against that defense, do you think it's going to be more through the air or more through the ground? I, I think it's going to be through the ground. Yeah, um, that's I'm, exactly what I'm thinking too. I'm not overly in, impressed with – a, the receivers or or Helinski either. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Helinski, but I'm not. I, what I have seen, I haven't been impressed. Now that being said, if if Nebraska gets the ball first, I do fully expect them to go down the field and punch it in for six, but then to sputter after that, and then you know midway through the second, they kind of pull away. I actually have this game at like forty five seventeen ish. Um, right little, I think a little bit higher than I do, but yeah. Yeah, I I I, I see it there. Um, I can I can also see Northwestern, you know, squeezing out twenty four to twenty seven points, depending on how early we start rotating into the second and third line on that defense. But I do expect us to pull away and have this be a three score game with Nebraska. Uh, so obviously, we both got Nebraska winning the game on Saturday. What is the lowest number? scored by nebraska that that's acceptable to you i know that's kind of a strange question to ask considering what we've seen uh i think i think we have to be in the the mid to high 30s minimum so Um, yeah i mean that way you're seeing the a productive offense to the point where it's like okay we've seen these playmakers that have the hype all offseason put something on the field yeah. Now, now the caveat to that is how vanilla do you want to be? Right. Like, you know, you, you want to get some of your pet plays working, but you don't want to show everything you got considering you, you have Oklahoma down the road. And I know it's, it's kind of a saying, you don't want to look too far ahead and we shouldn't be looking forward to Oklahoma yet, especially since Georgia Southern has a good coach too. game two. Clay Hilton. Yep. But I I do fully expect us to be protecting a lot the first three games for for that Oklahoma game. If you don't have to get away from some sort of ISO or some sort of base run or some sort of power play, why would you? Just stick basic. Go as basic as possible. Don't give any film. I don't give a shit if they run it 60 times. If it wins on the game, give me it. Exactly. So that's what the, that's what the caveat I was going to build into my score prediction is, is, you know, if we if we score early and defense looks solid, like we expect them to. Yeah, I, I expect that offense to go into ball control mode and sense. You know, maybe put up 25 to 27. In there. So, 
so then we got that. Well, the second part of the question was a group that we're concerned with. Well, so which? Well, let's start with which group you you fully expect to excel. Mm. Which which group do you think is going to shine the most? I honestly feel like I think it's going to be the. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna go running backs. I think okay. the running backs going to put on a show. I expect the running backs to do well, especially since we also expect a couple of them to be involved in the return game. Exactly. That's kind of my, my thinking is you're getting two, two birds, one stone there. Um, but I, I think the offensive line is going to sh- show, show a different demeanor than what we've seen in the last four years. I, I think the offensive line, and I also think the offensive line could, could fit in both of these groups, but I expect the offensive line to, to show us something that, that we've been longing for as Nebraska fans. I've said it numerous times. I'm less worried about this offensive line than, than most people as we talk about it. But I, I don't think this offensive line is going to be elite. I don't even think they're going to be great. I think they're going to be just good enough. And, and the big part is, can they be good enough in key situations to allow – our, our playmakers to make plays and showcase their abilities. Um, one, uh, you know, our offensive tackles graded out as two of the worst in Division One football last year. We and we know they have the talent. They were highly talented kids. I'm more worried about, and I don't expect this to show its head in the Northwestern game. But I go back to a couple of years ago with Espinoza from Iowa, one of the last plays of the game. Adrian Martinez takes that snap and shotgun and he has maybe one, two steps and he's looking to the left and Espinosa. Yeah. Espinosa strip sacks him before a lot of our receivers are even off the line because they got pressed so hard. Yep. And that's game. And so I, I fully expect our offensive line to, to be able to, you know, kind of weather that storm more this year. Uh, I don't, I don't expect them to, you know, provide 10 seconds of pocket time. I, I expect Casey I to have feel like it's a pocket presence though. Yeah. I, I feel like he's going to, um, with his skill set and having Whipple there, um, I feel like the offense is going to go, I think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a perfect fit for the offense, but I think he's going to do really well in the offense with his skill set and what he brings to the table. Um, Cause he's accurate mid and short. Can and he, throw and he the does ball? throw a good deep ball. He can like, throw the deep ball. Yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from him there, but I think that's where he really shines is short to short to intermediate where previously we've had the opposite where we've got someone that's a better deep ball thrower than short to intermediate. Yeah, that's where the it, game's won and lost. And I honestly think Casey Thompson is a much better fit for Scott Frost's true offense. And Mm -hmm. I know it's not his offense anymore, but Casey Thompson has a little bit more Mackenzie Milton and Marcus Mariota in him where he can run. And, but when he scrambles, he's not always looking to tuck and run. He is watching downfield. He knows when to throw it away. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you've got that, that, perfect mesh between the two offenses and that's kind of where it's meeting up where you've got purdy as the next guy potentially in line Mm -hmm. for the complete whipple offense i mean you've got a guy that 
could play either way with Casey Thompson. So yep. And I really I interesting to see, to see a couple him. of I see I expect to see a couple of packages with Logan Smothers too. Yeah. Um I, I think so because he's too good of an athlete to not incorporate in the game. Yeah. And he, he's a coach's kid. He wants to win. Yep. So no matter what you put him on the field for, get him on the field. Yeah. Taysom Hill. Exactly. I so the two groups that I expect, two position groups that I expect to shine, are are our linebackers and our offensive line. I, I think we're going to walk away from this game feeling a lot better about our offensive line. Yeah, I think if you're seeing some good running lines, Casey Thompson is relatively untouched. I don't think he's going to get sacked on Saturday. I think he's going to get hit, but I don't think he's going to get sacked. Um, I think he's going to be relatively clean on Saturday. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't, that defense is, isn't what it was at Northwestern. I, I think he's going to take a shot or two, uh, in the chops. I, I, I think they do get him for one. Um, ju- they, they do a good job of drawing up a couple of unexpected and exotic blitzes at, at times. I don't expect them to be game changing plays though. Yeah. I just don't think they had the. At the athletes they did a couple of years back, but the crazy that thing linebacker is, core is not as strong as it has been. No, but, but crazy it, thing is they've still won the big the Big Ten division um, two out of four years. So, yeah, man, absolutely. Shit, you never know. You never want to count out old Fitzy because uh, that's good. that's when you that's when you lose and he ends up winning the fucking division. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who who do you expect to see struggle? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Man, that's tough. I'm gonna say I'll go defensive, defensive, defensive tackle. Okay, the interior defensive line. Yeah. I, Is it a? I want to go kicker. Or just lack of production previously. You know, I, I feel like that's a cop out and it's an easy I'm gonna go with kicker instead. So I'm gonna switch that because I feel like it defensive line is just cop out at this point and everyone's got that same problem. Yeah. So I'm gonna go kicker instead. Um with with a bleak road. Um yeah. I think he's gonna miss one. And I think it's it's not gonna be an indictment on him. It's going to be you're kicking in a soccer stadium with five-week-old turf. Yep. Um, and I can also see, too, man, I for for him coming into this situation that, that he is. It's a big – it's a it's a big moment, so. Well, it, it's – there's got to – there's got to be a mental hangover, like, because he has to show out. He has to show success. He's highly rated as a transfer kicker, yep. and we have not been able to kick for shit for a couple of years. Yep. So that's weighing on him, even though he hasn't been here. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing about it is he, before he's even kicked, he's hailed as the uh, savior. Right. One hundred percent because of previous accomplishments, which, hey, I'm, you know, we're, we're definitely glad to have you. And, and I think he's going to have a great year. I just don't think this is going to be his best game. For obvious reasons. Yeah, for sure. Um. What what's your biggest concern with the team heading into this week? 
Uh, I think my biggest concern is are they going to come out and play or are they going to come out and be uptight? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they going to be able to let loose and trust the coaching that's been instilled and the work that's been put in the last few months or at the first sign of adversity, are they going to say, fuck it's happening again? Yeah, no, for sure. Which side are they going to be on? Because we've heard and we've seen, you know, from everybody so far this offseason that it's different. It feels different. But you got to show me at the end of the day, and, and, and Saturdays are a perfect day to do it. So it, it's for me, it's it's almost a mindset thing. I are, completely are they, agree. Um, are they mentally, not are they mentally there, but are they dialed in, but not yeah. too tight? No, I completely agree. My, my biggest fear is that the offense comes out flat. The defense, you know, the la- they came out flat a couple of times last year early, but overall they generally come ready to play. Um, now, with that being said, it usually takes them a couple of drives to figure out what that offense is going to do. You know, I go back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma scored early, right? And, and their first drive last year, Oklahoma's, was, you know, just right down the field. Yep. So it was hot knife through butter almost. Yeah. So I, I mean, our guys were missing tackles because it was by far the most athletic team they'd played that, that point. We look, we look silly the first couple of times out on the field defensively against Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I mean, don't expect some of those that to elite, happen with Northwestern. Yeah. No, I don't. There's not an elite guy on the field talent. Well, uh, I take that back. The left tackle is elite. Um, very good. Their whole offensive line is good. Um, but yeah, there, there's not an elite guy at a, skill position or anything like that yeah um my my position group that i expect to struggle a i i have a couple and like i said i feel like the offensive line can fit into this and i'll get i'll get into one of my bigger concerns after this because i feel like the whole team can struggle with with my main concern this week um but two position groups i expect to see a little bit disjointed one is the wide receiver room we've had a couple of guys have to change from slot to outside outside to inside late normally that wouldn't be a problem because we've always kind of cross-trained those guys in multiple positions we're not trying to do that as much it sounds like so i can see a little bit of disjointed there i do think you're gonna have a standout wide receiver on saturday though i think there's gonna be a guy that you know kind of stands stands out head and shoulders above the rest that says hey i'm the guy it's really hard to predict that before the season happens i think i think your first game that guy shows up last year that guy did show up he just happened to be injured most of the year after that and that was oliver martin so i i think we're gonna have that guy i i think that guy on saturday is alante brown i've been super high on him all year all off season uh, I don't, I don't know that he leads the team in catches or yards for the season, but I think he's gonna, in those third and short third and mid range situations, he's going to be the go-to guy in that slot. Um, 
just based off of things that Whipple's done in the past with some shallow drags and things. So I think he's going to be our go-to guy in, in crunch time. And he's a matchup nightmare. If you put a, a, a linebacker on him, he's he's going to make the linebacker fall over because he runs such crisp routes. If you put a corner on a bigger corner on him to, you know, kind of shadow or whatever, he's going to get inside. He has good hands. He can do some things. But I, I expect the off the wide receivers to struggle a little bit. I also kind of expect the the DB room to to struggle a little bit. I agree with you on the on the interior defensive line. Um sorry. Uh yeah, I expect I expect the DBs to struggle a little bit just because at that skill position, you're going against your guys every day, all off season in the scheme that, that the offense is going to run. Our scout team is not built to look like Northwestern. So just some of the simple things that Northwestern does might catch some of those guys without a lot of experience under their belt off, off guard. I don't think we get, we get beat on like, I don't think we get burned for, for a long score at the DB room. But I think there's times where we should be pressing and we're and we're not and we give up a third and eight. But overall, I, I think they perform well, but there's gonna there's gonna be some spots where we're like, what what's going on? And but that's also something that that we've had with Shin's defense the whole time he's been here. There's times where on the short side of the field we're not pressing, and I would love to see us press because it's third and five and we're playing 10 yards back. So I, I also expect to see those DBs. I, I expect to see them trying to make some big impact plays and, and just missing because they're step short because it's the first game of the year and you're playing against a power five opponent. So I, I expect I expect them to be solid, but have some some errors that, that we don't expect from them as, as a whole. Yeah, I think if you can, uh, you're obviously going to make some mistakes in, in week one. Biggest improvement, I believe, is week one to week two, usually for a, a team. So, yeah, got that going for us, which is nice. Um, By yeah, the way, it, fans, Fitch just messaged in. He doesn't seem like he's going to make it. So, uh, just Zach and I tonight. Hooray. And, you know, 22 minutes in, I, th- I think that's pretty obvious anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he can jump on whenever. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I, I this team is 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 uh, kind of an enigma to me. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot to be excited about, but god damn, there's a lot to be nervous about. Yeah, oh absolutely, man. I it's mean- a powder keg, really. We don't really know what to expect from the offense. And, you know, we're both in agreement. I think a lot of people are in agreement. We're not going to show everything. Um, what what gets scary to me is if we let these guys hang around. And, and then we are, we're for, like, I don't think this team is ready to win a close game yet. Just because they haven't experienced enough success. You have so many new pieces you have to go out and beat somebody big. Yeah, you, you have to get a couple wins under your belt before you can go play in a close game. Yep. We haven't experienced enough winning. Casey Thompson, experienced quarterback, hasn't won a lot at the college level still. Um, Trey Palmer was on a championship team and then 
but he didn't play a lot. We all know what happened to LSU the last couple of years. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they react, like you said, when adversity hits. Uh, but I'll tell you one of the one of the biggest things I'm worried about that I don't see enough people talking about. I've seen a little bit of chatter is it, it's on natural grass, right? They just laid down new sod. Accurate. Yep. Five weeks and, ago. You know, when we go play at Northwestern, when they're on natural grass, we we tend to struggle a little bit. I don't know if if we struggle getting the right spikes for Adidas shoes. I don't know what it is. We we've had multiple phantom injuries in the same end zone at Purdue uh, during warmups. The natural grass worries me a little bit about this game. Yeah, um, that that was when I heard it was only down five weeks. That was a pretty major concern. That was part of the reason I picked kicker as struggling. Yeah. Uh, so the natural grass does worry me a little bit. Uh, I fully expect the equipment guys to be ready with spare spikes, longer spikes, shorter spikes, whatever they need. But everything we do on is on turf year round. We, we play a couple of games on, on natural surfaces a year. And we always look like we struggle on that natural turf. Um, You know, I, I just hope that we, we walk out of here with, with no serious injuries, I think somebody's going to roll an ankle or something probably because of the, the turf situation. So we'll see what happens there. That, that is 100% my biggest concern heading into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, your, your first week is obviously your, your warm up week. And I don't use that as a, negative term toward Northwestern, but it's, it's your first game. It's your warm-up week. Um, by the way. That's a tough warm-up week, though. Yeah. Well, by the way, a lot of people have been talking about how this is a terrible idea, a conference game to start there. I love it. I really do. I love that Georgia and Oregon are playing their first game of the year against each oh, other. Oh, yeah. I, I love these early season primetime matchups before you play any cupcakes. I do think it is a bad time to use it as a measuring stick. So, like, if we were playing Oklahoma week one or week zero, I guess, to me, that's not a measuring stick game. That is just because one t- a bad team can overperform in that situation and a good team can really underperform. Yep. Because it's the first you game see teams shit the bed all the time in week one and then rebound from there. Yeah. So, but I, I, I do love it. Uh, you know, I, I have full faith in this staff to have these guys ready to go. My question is, you know, we've heard a lot of chatter the last couple of weeks about there not being a ton of vocal vocal leaders in that locker room. That worries me about us possibly coming out flat. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's when you really need those those vocal guys is when when you're not in familiar conditions um you need those guys that can come out and say hey here's what the fuck's going on jump on my back and let's go yeah and by the way if you're a player and you are not excited at kickoff for this game you got to check your blood pressure yeah this is is one of the biggest first games of the year that i can remember in program history the only other one that i can remember this big 
got canceled, and it was Scott Frost's first game against Akron. Yep, I remember that game. I got rained on a little bit. So, if you can't come out ready to play and come out hyped, you got to really think about if if you want to be here. Period. And and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I I can't throw anybody under the bus because we're not to kick off yet. But you really got to search inside yourself if you don't come out ready to go. Well, yeah, if you're not ready at this point, I I don't know if there's a point where you would be ready in all honesty. I mean, this I is know what the, you've built toward all off season. I know the, the railing thing has gotten some negative press, but Fuck look, those how, look how excited Scott Frost is for this. He looks rejuvenated. I mean, honestly, the whole, oh, he's sliding down the pole thing. Oh, it's stage. I don't give a flying fuck. Totally agree. It just, it's so goddamn annoying. It's just, not everything has to be so goddamn pessimistic. Just, yeah. Is that a true mustache that we have with Richard Fitzwell coming in? That looks like Burt Reynolds. I thought you were talking about the bike behind him. Yeah, the bike behind him, uh, it's a nice touch as well. My favorite part is this lopsided head. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, Fitz, we're glad to be joined by you. Fitz is working out some technical kinks. But, yeah, there's so much buildup to this. If these guys don't come out jacked and flying around, I know this is a bad, bad take for some people, but I would love to see a couple of early unsportsmanlike conduct, personal fouls for for drilling the quarterback or, or over-celebrating. We got to show some tenacity and some personality on the field. I know some old heads are really going to hate that, but I would I would love to see something like that. Yeah, I, I, I love the attitude plays in all honesty, and I think that's exactly what that exemplifies to me is, yeah, we're going to play a little edgy. That just is what it is. Yeah. All right, we are finally joined by our third chair, Fitz. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, gentlemen? Fitzy. Fitz, you you got to uh, turn up your output on your mic a little bit. Barely got you. What's going on, fellas? There you go. Hey, we're we're just kind of running through some of our questions from Eric and then building off of that. Um we'll we'll let you start with with what we've kind of already covered, but which position group do you fully expect to uh, to excel on Saturday? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I think, two. I'm going to say our D-line and our, and our linebackers are uh, are going to do just fine. Just okay. fine. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the edges. And uh, I think the, just Henrik Reimers, those guys, Caleb Tanner, um, are going to put on a little bit of a show. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, Zach, Zach said he is a little bit worried about the interior D line and, and I kind of agreed a little bit, uh, just, just for me, it's, it's lack of pre previous production. I, I, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be any flashy from those two inside spots, but I think it's going to be serviceable. I think they're going to, I think they're going to fill, they're going to, they're going to get a little bit of pressure. Um, but they're just going to do enough, uh, just with, 
strength, athleticism to to keep probably three, four guys blocking the two at a lot of times. And so it's going to yeah. work out. And, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say something similar. I think as a fan base, we're still a little bit spoiled from Sue. Uh, and just so everybody knows, Zach had to drop off and go take care of some stuff. So now it's just down to me and Fitz. Uh, but I think we're a little bit spoiled with what Sue was able to do as a defensive tackle. Generally, those guys, you know, except for your your very few elite defensive tackles and interior defense linemen, those guys don't provide a lot of production on the stat sheet. What they do is create the options for the linebackers to fill up that stat sheet. So I, I completely agree. Our interior defensive line gets caught a lot of flack the last couple of seasons, but our linebackers were so good, and a huge part of that was those guys doing their job. Yeah, and they're they're consistent. I mean, they're you just look what Reimers did last year against Northwestern. You know, he, he's got thirty seven tackles in the in the first half. Yeah, exaggeration, but the, the, they are more than capable. They're not. I mean, serviceable for those guys is is an insult. They are they're students of the game. They're very fast. They read it. I mean, and that's the thing. Their ability to read the play is so good that it makes them look and they are faster because mm-hmm. of it their reaction but their individual tackling ability uh the way they play in space it's it's so and and i think there's not as not as gifted at the moment not as you know understanding of the game and and, and the speed and everything but there are some guys behind them that given the opportunity on saturday i think are going to show you know, you put those, you put a, a um, an Ernest Houseman, you put a, a Clements around those other guys and they're going to shine. Are they going to make an error have a mistake every now and then? But I, I think the way that they're playing and even last year played at speed, those, those mistakes get covered up pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, I think Shenander's scheme that allows them, those guys to play with their eyes instead of strictly within the scheme and and roles allows that linebacker room to flourish uh I'll, I'll i'll fill you in on where zach and i were zach said group that he expects to shine was the running back room and i agreed but only because i think i think a lot of that shine is going to come from the return game I think I expect our return game to be a lot better and we're expecting two guys to be there on, on kick return. I, I think they do well off in the offense, but I don't think, I don't think we have a single running back get 20 plus carries on Saturday. I think we're going to, it's, it's first lap game action for all of them with this new staff. And I think they're going to rotate these guys and, and see what they can do with when the lights are on. I think there's, I think there's, potential for maybe more than one but who do you think and it you know a loaded question in terms of it could come down to who does have the most carry, carries in terms of that's why they would have a better or a more more of a chance for this to happen but which running back do you think breaks something you know more than 40 yards oh, man i i think if somebody does it it's going to be grant um and, and only because 
he's shown the ability to do that at multiple levels. I think Ramirez a guy that can do it, but for him, it had, I, I think it almost has to be in the passing game. Um, and, and not a knock on him, but if somebody hits him with an arm while he's going through a hole, even if he breaks through that arm tackle, it tends to slow him down enough to let other people get to him. I think Grant has the ability to make more guys miss in that situation and, and just stick that foot in the ground and go. Now I'll tell you my, and I've kind of, we've kind of talked about this off air on other, on other things, the running back that I'm actually most excited to see just because I wasn't overly impressed with what I saw from him last year is Gabe Irvin. He's 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 my dark horse that I think he's the guy that's going to come out and it, it, you know, it could be end game could be later a little bit, but I think, I mean, he was playing so good against Oklahoma. Exactly. He's there. I think he's out against Oklahoma. He he was a true freshman. Um, But his first couple of games, I, you know, and not a knock on him. He he was a freshman, but I expected so much more from the true freshman starting running back. And he has completely reinserted himself into this running back conversation. And I, you know, based off of everything we're hearing and going back and watching some of his high school game tape, I think he's the perfect mesh of all three of the other guys that we expect to play. And I, I don't think he's the guy early, but I think he can, I think he can take over that, that running back one, a role midway through the season. I he's, he's still, you know, got a lot to prove, but I, I think he can, he can kind of become our, our bell cow late in the season because he can do everything so well. I did. I know it's jumping the gun, but we look at like your Irvins and I talked about Houseman and Clements and guys getting in rotation. Uh, we're going to see probably quite a few defensive backs. We're going to, I mean, and different things on offense as well, which leads me to the the point that why can't they do as good or better than what they did last year against Northwestern? I mean, Northwestern isn't isn't greatly improved. There's questions on, and I'm sure you guys talked about all this. There's questions on quarterback. I mean, we went through this on, on, on Saturday on the radio, mm-hmm. you know, there's the deep second year defensive coordinator. It's not like Northwestern has ever been an offensive juggernaut. They just, right. they, they do some things and they do them well. I don't know. I just, part of it's probably the excitement. Part of it's probably like, let's get to Saturday and let's see an actual game. Yeah. But why why not think that there's a chance that they're gonna they're gonna be you know maybe they give up more points it's not gonna be 50 67 but I'd take 63 to 21 I'd take 63 <laughs> 17 I'd take I mean just one of those games where it just starts in in guys that you don't think about you know guy wraps off a 25 yard touchdown in the middle of the fourth quarter that yep. you know might not play very much the rest of the season something like that's that's where that's where my dream world lives. So so what is your score prediction? I and I'll I'm gonna give you a caveat. I have two because for me, <laughs> I, I have two predictions because it's all about how the first half plays out for me. Um my score prediction is going to be um 17. What what was it you broke up on the first part? 48 to 17. Okay, so so my my perfect world scenario is forty five seventeen. Okay. Now my my caveat to that is, you know, 
if if we come out, march down the field, first possession, score, and the defense just looks as stout as we expect them to be. Um, you're gonna I, change your you're gonna change your prediction in game. What I what I expect to be an anemic Northwestern offense again. I can totally see us going ball control to insert our will and having more of like a 28 to seven. Okay. But this is where I think we can agree and where we're both going to get to that 45 or 48, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, a pick six or a turnover in their territory. We punch it in all of a sudden those unscripted um, plus plays. Yeah. Start to go in, in Nebraska's favor. Yeah, and I don't I, – I wouldn't be totally surprised if if we scored on special teams, whether it's a blocked field goal return for a touchdown or a blocked punt or a kick or punt return for a touchdown. I, I think we're going to be generally vanilla on offense. But, you know, if we have a kick return play with a reverse, it would not surprise me to to throw that out in this game. A, to put it on film for some of those big-time opponents – but B, to get get some blood flowing on special teams. You know, we've talked about it at nausea at at um we've just talked about it nonstop as a fan base. Special teams has been lacking. Bill Bush wants to, you know, reinvigorate that special teams, and we got starters on it. They want to make a big play to show the improvement. So it wouldn't be surprised surprising to me if we threw out some sort of a trick play on special teams. Well, I, I imagine the the reins have been taken off a little bit that I think if if it's safe-ish and there's an opportunity, I think we're going to see more returns than we've seen. Um, On punt you know, return, you mean? I think everything. Well, I think everything. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to push back on you here a little bit. We regularly did try and return kick returns in bad situations. Okay, and I've been and I've been on the idea, and I've said it here and everywhere, that if it's if they're on the the seventeen and it doesn't look good, take the fair catch, right? Take the twenty five. I I I get that. I just I, I think there's going to be a little bit more of a aggressiveness, but I think it's going to be. I, I I agree. You're not you're not wrong there. That it's going to be more defined. In a way, it's I almost, be more. I almost would like to see our kick returners put their heels on the I don't know eight yard line, and if it's over your head, let it go. Yeah, because once it crosses that, you know, goes up to the heavens, um, yeah. that line, you know, you've got probably Skeletor or some other eighty-two year old uh, head official from the Big Ten, you know, giving their signals. So, um, but yeah, I no, I think punt return. And the crazy part of it is. We talk about, you know, Northwestern has said that they've watched, they've watched Pitt. They've even gone back to watch UMass to see what Whipple's going to do, right? And they're they're trying to, in, they have to predict what what they're going to do as far as Frost and Whipple kind of coming together and what that's going to look like. They don't have to oh, go. They saw that option pitch in the highlight film. <laughs> and they don't have, but they don't have to go too far to know that Palmer's a threat. They right. don't have to go too far to realize that Anthony Grant is a threat wherever he is. So we're, I would like to think, again, this is maybe a little bit ambitious, but already game one, those guys are dictating what Northwestern might do, which creates more opportunities for a shank punt. It creates more opportunities for, because if, if they're hesitant about something, now all of a sudden 
it's we're re- reversing those roles and the, the pressures on their kicking game, the pressures on, you know, because given, you know, a, a, a quick, a line drive, giving Palmer 15 yards of run up of runway to, to make a decision foot in the ground hits a hole. He gone. I mean, those are the things that we're, we're hoping we, we have proven threats that, that we haven't had for a while. I mean, I remember I'm thinking back who, who's the last really good return man that people were afraid of the morning personnel. Yeah. In the punt game. Um, there's a couple guys on, on a little bit of kick return. Cause I think Amir was early on, he was back there and he was at least, he was a viable. Yeah, his freshman year, he had a couple of big returns in that close. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, let me, let me ask you this. Pick one guy. Who's your standout performer? Bill Red. <laughs> He's locked up in the Pepsi bottle. Who's okay. your standout performer Saturday? Oh, that's a great question. Do you want me to give you mine? Can I phone a friend and actually call um, Coach Frost? I've got sure. his number. Sure, go for it. Um, no, my standout performer on – are we doing – are we going offense right now, just offense? Just in general. I, I picked one guy. Wow. Standout performer Saturday. I'm stalling. Northwestern in Ireland, 11.30 a.m. Central Time. I'm going to go with – Trey Palmer. Okay. I, 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 I just went think in the same room. I went in the same room. I get it. There's an advantage because he could, it could be something in special teams, but yeah. I think it could be, I, I think it could be something. Now I, I'm going to predict what yours is or who yours was. Okay. You picked Marcus Washington because he's going to take one of the house over the top. Am I right? No, you did not. Oh, dang it. Okay. And, but and that's gotta- still going to happen. It's still going to happen. I, I think, I think he does. <laughs> uh, we talked, we talked about it on the radio Saturday. I expect him to get all the choice routes. You're a big, because- you're a big, you're a big Marcus Washington fan. And that's, that's, it's good. It's good. Not, not, not because of everything he's done on the field. I th- I, he's had a good career. I just think his connection with Casey mm-hmm. Thompson is a huge factor. He's but almost my- under, he's almost under the radar. In a he, crazy, because he came in so late. He came in late. You've got, other guys but it's which again let's just stop there for a moment and, and contemplate this if marcus washington for the huskers is under the radar that means there's some guys that can play so yeah. anyway i've detracted enough who who is your guy my guy's alante brown okay and, okay and here's why i i'm not saying he's gonna have the most catches on saturday I, i'm not saying he's gonna have the most catches or yards on the season but Early on in this game, there's going to be a key third and short, mid third down on a passing play. And he is, in my opinion, the most dangerous guy that we're going to have in the slot. He's going to cement himself as the go-to guy in those situations for the rest of the year. Your, your Wes Welker, your, um, you know, not, I mean, Cooper Cup in a way, just a good route catches mm-hmm. and then, a matchup problem for the big guys mm-hmm. have who have to cover them, and in reality, you can't and unless you're going to take line, linebackers off the field and add DBs, you can't sacrifice a defensive back to, for him because we have so many threats on the outside. Okay, can what's what's your just for you said right there? 
what's your reaction? What's going to be the collective reaction on Saturday when sometime in the first quarter we go out there and it's five wide? <laughs> With two running backs wide too. You just, they split out. They, I mean, just let's just say for the sake of that, Ramir Johnson, and then all of a sudden here goes Anthony Grant. Just or Brody Belt. Yeah, and it's like, okay, pick in it. It's one of those plays where I don't know. Maybe they're in that. Maybe they're in that middle zone, and it's like you don't really want to punt. You're not going to do a field goal. It's third and, and seven, third and five. We for it. We don't get it, and we're going for it on fourth, no matter what. But five wide. Now, the irony of it is, it's going to be a draw, and Casey Thompson's going to see everybody man to man, and he's going to run it to the house. But I mean, just <laughs> but looking at across that line the size the almost the panic to the point where northwestern probably takes a timeout because like you said do they have enough dbs were they were they linebacker heavy which is fitzgerald's like dream come true like if he could play with nine linebackers on the field i think that fitzgerald would yeah in, in, in that group you know you know what you do you run out after that timeout you run out with five guys wide again and bring them back in but one of those guys is chancellor brewington or Travis Bokalek, and the other one's Gabe Irvin, and they have all those DBs out on the field, and then you just brock, drop back into an eye formation with a tight end at fullback, and you run Gabe Irvin on that fourth and two. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference because, and not to, not to dwell too much on the past, but we're doing, we're running Gabe Irvin, we're running Yant, we're running a tight end or somebody mm-hmm. instead of a Wandale Robinson. For right. you know, for, or constantly, what was it, Mister Adrian Martinez? Yeah. So, I don't know. Just it's to think about the options and to think about what it it's could exciting. look like. Is oh my god, it's very, it's very, very exciting. I mean, and that's the, you know, just you see the videos and the one yesterday when the line they were walking to dinner uh, at that uh, at some establishment and they it was scott frost coach frost walking in the street but you had the linemen all in their red shirts and they looked like they were all seven foot four children of andre the giant i mean it was just i mean just kind of a cool sight to see which brings me around i'm i am excited and i will probably spend more time watching the offensive line and it's going to be hard because there's so many things to see now but i am i honestly believe I think it's going to be better than people expect. I'm glad you said that. So that's my position group that I expected to excel. And not because I expect them to be elite. I don't even expect them to be great. I expect them to, I expect them to be good enough to allow our skilled position guys to showcase their talent. And I, I brought up this situation to Zach. I remember a couple of years ago against Iowa, Adrian Martinez takes a snap and shotgun at the end of the game. Espinoza from Iowa is there in less than two steps from Adrian Martinez, strip sack fumble. Adrian's looking the other way. He, he, he didn't have any time at all. I mean, it was like snap hit. I don't expect those breakdowns going forward with, with Riola. I expect those guys to be locked in in those key situations. And that's where I expect I expect that group to excel. Who's who's your group that you expect after Saturday? You're going to have more questions 
than you had going in. Oh, wow. I'm so, I'm so excited for, for all the groups. Um, goodness. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm maybe the offensive line just because it does take, you know, the communication of it. Um, there's, I think enough guys are going to get in that maybe the question is who's the next group of starters, right? Were there, did the starting five plant their flag to start the next game or did somebody come in, you know, because it, it sounds like, you know, and maybe I missed, I don't know if anything's been handed out um, that we've seen so far in terms of uh, a depth chart, but it sounds like Bando is in that starting five from, from everything yep. that I've heard. Um, so you've got, uh, you've got Teddy, you've got, um, Kevin uh, Williams. Is he, is, I thought it was, I expect him to be at one of the two interiors. Really? I thought that was okay. And then Ben Hart's out on the other side, right? Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen anything in particular. I just expect it. Yeah. I just, I guess my thing is the, you know, Ben Hart is my question mark. And that's really, I mean, I know it's not a position group, but I really think that, but imagine the situation and imagine the flexibility that Rayola would have if Ben Hart comes out and kind of just plants himself as that right tackle, you know? Yeah. Like, so you know what's going to be most interesting to me with the offensive line is how they handle the rotations. Yeah. Is it going to be one guy rotating in at a time or is it going to be multiple? I uh, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see more individual rotations regularly to keep those top guys fresh for late and close games, but I do feel like they're still trying to figure out who's who in there. Well, and yeah, what also kind of comes to mind is we hear this attacking style. We hear it's almost like it's less technical versus. Um, just, I don't know, attacking, you know what I mean? And it's, so do, does Casey Thompson make the offensive line look bigger because he's going to stay on his spot a lot longer? You know, if those offensive linemen, did I I say bigger? I meant better. The offensive linemen, if they didn't know where Adrian was, how many times did we kind of, you almost could kind of see him like they're almost checking their shoulder a little bit. Like, where is Adrian? Where do I want to, where do I need to go? Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, it's like, choose your own adventure. And they choose wrong. You turn to page 74 and the dragon just blew fire on the night. I yeah. mean, it, and it's over. I don't know why that analogy came into my head. It's the most <laughs> random, maybe the dumbest. Not a very good one either. I was going to say it might be one of the dumbest things. And I've said a lot of dumb things. So that's putting it that's that's up there but you know what i'm getting at though is like yeah i just think the of what what he they weren't confident in what was happening behind them because i i really do think that when it's when it's a passing down and they know the play it's a passing down when Mm -hmm. it's and can he can he leak out and create something and but yeah but we also realize and have seen that he keeps his eyes downfield a lot better so the offensive linemen are almost probably trained right now to say, okay, just do your job and he's going to do his job. I I said this to Zach too. I felt, and I know Whipple's calling the show now, 
but I actually feel like Casey might have been a better true fit for Scott's offense, similar to a Mackenzie Milton and a Marcus Mariota, a guy who can run, but that's not his first goal. And when he has to scramble, it's not to tuck it and run. It is to create something. I I just feel like he was a better fit there. And now he's going to mesh these two while we get a Chubba Purdy or a Logan Smothers ready to go. So we, we, I agree because we, for, for a couple of last couple of years, Adrian obviously did so, so many good things and did as much as he could to help this team. And there were other issues as well, but, and he is, and Husker fans have to appreciate him. They have to value what he did, you know, injured, banged up, everything. He was, I hope he he has a great year at K-State. He is the guy I completely, I concur. But what we've been doing though, is a bandaid here and there. We're, we're giving a lot of medicine. We're not, we're treating the, we're treating the symptoms and, but we've never really gotten down to what is causing the, the huge rash. We're treating the symptoms, not the cause. Absolutely. Exactly. And so now it's like, okay, I think we have an opportunity and, and it really does kind of come full circle though, is we understand what's on the line with, with, with coach Frost. We understand all of that. I think we're going to get a better picture this year. Was it the play calling number one? Was it the quarterback play number two? Was it, you know, I've, I've long questioned with everything that happened with, with what was going on. Our offensive line coach from last year and the, the, the couple of years before also became the run game coordinator and neither one of those really panned out exactly so i don't know there's there's a lot of questions there's still not going to be enough answers on saturday but god damn am i excited uh same okay i'm, I'm gonna run by three things really quickly i want i want a quick response from you for each and then we'll get out of here rapid fire game show do i get a prize is there anything here that i get <laughs> no no you do not okay um okay so i picked two position groups that i expect to see struggle but i don't think it's mightily I think the wide receivers struggle struggle a little bit only because we've had so many guys move from outside to inside late in the season. I could see them getting some routes confused, maybe misalignment there. And my other is I expect that DB room to try so hard to make plays. I don't think they get burned for a long score, but I see them going for a big pick or a big hit and being a step too slow or – giving up a, a third and eight when they should have been pressing, but they're playing off. And so those are the two groups that I expect to struggle a little bit, nothing crazy, but not what we expect from them. And then my biggest fear heading into this game, just because of problems we've had in the past, both at Northwestern and Purdue is playing on natural grass. Is it like nine inches tall? Have they cut it? Do we know? The, the turf has been down for five weeks, according to Zach. But, you know, we have a couple of – we've had multiple phantom injuries, and we're not the only ones at that same end zone at Purdue. And when we play at Northwestern on their natural turf, they just seem to have an upper hand, even though just like this year and last year and every other year, we are far more talented at every position. What's your take on those? I agree with the wide receivers a little bit. It's, you know, it's timing. It's um, it's that connection. But I, I – I want to trust that that Whipple has created a game plan that's going to put everybody in positions to be successful. And I, and I think, you know, we can go back to all the way back to UMass with Andy Isabella that 
he found ways to get him the ball. You said it with Delonte Brown. Maybe it's that third down, but they're going to find ways that, you know, they run something first, second series, and it doesn't quite pan out. And he plays off of that, and he goes inside instead of outside, and, you know, boom, he's gone. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I, I agree with that. I, I was laughing because when you talked about the DBs going for a ball, missing it, something like that, I, I could see, and as, as, as Huskers are, are want to do, I could see a targeting penalty on an over aggressive play from a DB, you know, because it's, I mean, we have, we have the biggest wide receivers that we've ever had. And I'm pre- pretty sure we have the biggest DBs that we've ever had. And those guys can hit those guys can, can run. And it's just going to be one of those things. And it just comes down to timing. Um, but the, the grass thing, I guess I didn't even think about that. Um, I don't know. I, Again, maybe it's hubris. Maybe it's just being over overconfident, overzealous, whatever you want to call it. But giving everything being equal, both teams had to travel. Both teams are on the same field. New stadium. Um, all the prices at the concession stands are written in, in, in euros. I just think that the Huskers, everything being equal, it, it's not going to be an issue. I have no no issue with that grass. I have no issue with the stadium. I mean, it's, I just, I have this, people are asking, what's the paint going to be like? And I, I said today on Twitter, it's going to be the blood of the, of the Wildcats. And I was pretty proud of myself, but just the, they're going to don the stadium with the colors. They did it at the airport. They showed that the, the city's embracing it. What forget what Matt Hannigan said in the Irish times. I mean, that guy's full of shit, but just. If we're not hyped just because of that article, I have a problem. Yeah. And, and that's, but that's the other thing. It goes back to, we don't need slogans. We don't need this. We don't need bold to more material, but you know what? Why not? Why not just have just a little bit extra, but Frost has said it since day one. He said it probably when he was a player, if it takes something like that to get you ready to play, you're not ready to play. And I, and I were having that conversation when you hopped on. And I also said the same. I want to see, you know, not necessarily targeting because unless it's a bad targeting call like we tend to get. But I want to see some unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. I want to see some, you know, personal fouls because we're going too hard. The Cam Jurgens personal foul against Oklahoma, that was my favorite penalty of the whole year. And he I just did it for the shit. he did it for the Eagles in preseason. And people yeah. are they're like clapping and calling him baby Kelsey and and all these things. And it's like just yeah, I I agree. Figure out what that line is. Figure out where the referees are going to be and then play up to it. But I'm telling you, we're going to force them be, to blow the whistle. I want to be talking about pod, our podcasts. I want to be talking about pancakes on our, our podcast wrap up on Sunday. I want to be, there's so much that I want to see. I don't know if it can happen in a you know, 60 minute game, but by damn, they're going to, they're going to definitely try. So Absolutely. Um, I know, I know Husker nation is ready. I know the congregation is ready. We see it every day. I mean, it's just now I've gotten about 200 Twitter notifications since we started this at about nine fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, people are going to get this on, on, on they're hit, listening to this on Friday game days. The next day I put my flag out today. I, I this morning, I, after I got back from walking my daughter to school, I put my flag out and I was like, 
okay, this is this is exciting. It is we are close and this is we are ready to go. So um yeah, I mean right now you you guys are gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about it, not a little bit shit. We're gonna talk all about it again on Saturday. Uh, so you're I, I just want to confirm that we're still on the same page. You are out on Saturday still, correct? I'm out, but I'm calling in. You're calling in. I will call every five minutes if if, if <laughs> so he I, I was just gonna in. ask, are there any other games that you are specifically interested in besides Nebraska over the weekend? Oh, I looked at the schedule a while ago. Um, I think is it a week is it Penn State Purdue? Is that a week zero game or is that their week one game? Um, uh, I'm pulling it up right now. I thought there was maybe one other week zero that was a uh, Penn State Purdue, or I could be wrong. Wyoming, be Illinois, Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Vanderbilt, Hawaii gives you a full day of football, which is fantastic. I'll watch the. I will check out UConn, Utah State, Nevada, New Mexico State. The Illinois game, I will definitely because I'm curious to see kind of what they what they're doing. And Wyoming could give Illinois that could be an upset. I think Wyoming could play with. And, and create make a make a matchup uh, yeah wyoming, wyoming can be scary at times you know All they're right. gonna run we're gonna hear a little bit from you saturday fits but give us your parting words for tonight leading into saturday huskers are going to be ready to play we're going to see i think we're going to see more of a professional look to the team i think um you know it's first game so let's let's just kind of put that asterisk on there but i don't think we're going to see the delay of game penalties because there's there's problems getting the game and we know Whipple's going to be on the sideline because that's where he wants to be and what Whipple wants Whipple gets and you know I think the I think the defense is going to come out we're going to see guys flying to the ball which which we've seen that hasn't been a problem but I think we're going to see lots and lots of action in Northwestern backfield tackling yeah just you know tackles for loss um I, I would imagine and the crowd's probably going to go crazy that we're going to see the throwing of the bones, Northwestern's second play of the game when there's a sack. I mean, just things like that. Again, I'm just amped up and, and, and ready to go. I Huskers are going to, there's going to be issues. There's going to be road bumps. There's going to be hiccups. But I think at the end of the day, we're going to see something that given a little bit more time, given a little bit more practice has us thinking really, really good things for the rest of the season. Absolutely. And you, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it on Saturday, but since you brought up Whipple, one last question, and then we'll get out of here. Does Whipple wear shoes on the sideline Saturday? Yes. And they're white Adidas khaki pants and a red shirt. I'm not sure if he's a hat guy, but that's my prediction. I think he's going white shirt. Okay. I say red shirt. You say white shirt. We both agree. Probably gap or old Navy pants. <laughs> yep, absolutely. You know, I'd I'd love to see him in a pair of golf shorts. Let's and, and some flip flops. Let's let's get real leisurely out there. <laughs> I hope, I hope, and he just and he calls he calls plays that give us ninety seven points. Okay, go for it. I love it. Yeah, I love. I don't it. care All what right. you wear if that offense works. Fitz, have a good night. Sorry, we're gonna miss you on Saturday, but I will call you in to get some picks from you. Oh, I'll be there. I'm ready to go. All right, buddy. Go be great. All right, later. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, 
and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.